Hello and welcome to the Science Fiction Book Review Podcast. My name is Luke Burridge and this is the show where I review every single science fiction book that I read as I read it. There's no set schedule, it's just whenever I finish the book I do the review, stick it up here on the podcast feed for everyone to download and listen to. Joining me today is Juliana, say hello Juliana. Hello everyone. And it's a good job there's no set schedule because this is like the first no. podcast yes. in a month or whatever. I finished Probably. this book. I finished this book in December or January, whenever it was. January. Yeah. Actually, I could probably look it up here on my uh, on my Goodreads. Um, uh, what does it say here? Uh, oh, it doesn't actually say. Either way, third of January, I think, is when I made my last note. <laughs> I checked this morning when I was, you know, I made some notes yes, on it, yes. and I just looked up the last note that I made was on the third of January. So it's been a while since I did it's this. It's been a while, but we've been busy. Mostly I've been ill. Mostly Juliana's been unwell and didn't really have the energy to do this. But, you know, we're all behind the voice. on... Yeah, all the voice. Yeah. It's, uh. Put it this way. Can you get through more than two minutes without someone coughing up their bronchitis lungs? That's what the uh, that's what the issue was as well. Yes, that but, is true. Uh, and now I can go maybe half an hour without yeah, coughing. Yeah, let's see if we can get through <laughs> yeah. this. You're going back to work tomorrow after a few weeks off. Yes, I do. Good. So uh, let's get into it. Rokanan's World. Okay. By Ursula K. Le Guin. And, oh, I'm knocking my microphone. Never heard of that book before. Uh, this is Hainish Cycle number one. So let's okay. head over to the series by Ursula K. Le Guin. Have you heard of The Left Hand of Darkness? Yes, I've read that book. Have you heard of um, The Dispossessed? I've read that book. Have you heard of Planet of Exile and City of Illusions? Well... We listened to Planet of Exiles. Yes, and that's right. A few years about, ago. Two yeah, years yeah, ago. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Planet of Exiles. So I've been, I'm not saying like I'm a completionist of Ursula K. Le Guin. It's just sort of like, hey, these have been there in the, either, or the Audible Free Library or the, the, no, actually in this case, it was just the library thing, you know, and I was looking and I added it to my to read list, you know, my wish list and it came up and I was like, ah, let's get to it. Yeah. Um, Rakanan's World is the first of the Hainish cycles. Not just that. It's Ursula K. Le Guin's first ever published novel. She had oh. done lots of short stories before then. Right. But then this was like, let's get a novel out there. It was published by Ace Books. Luke just looks at the Wikipedia page. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, 1966. This was before there was a Hainish cycle. This was where Hain was, you know, the, the idea of that, that, you know, world far future, lots of different kinds of humanity spread throughout the stars. There's obviously each place that they've gone to, they've like genetically enhanced or genetically modified the humans who were living there to fit in with the local ecology or the right. society. Yeah. And yeah. so every planet has got a different thing. And this has played out through like loads more of these stories, you know. Okay, but it started out with this one this standalone book. book. And it is her first novel and you can unfortunately tell it's somebody's first novel. Okay. Because it's not that Good. Yet. <laughs> you, what do you mean yet? Well, uh, later on, she gets better at yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, there are things in it which are good. Yeah. You know, you can see that she's a talented writer. Yeah. But all of the writing that she'd done up until this point was like short stories and yeah. like shorter novellas and novelettes or whatever. Now, yeah. I've just been reading some of these, you know, the short story collections. Yes. The Unreal and the Real, you know, uh, lots of her short stories. And I was like, all right, she was really excelling at that. Mm. But like then tying like putting that together to be like right okay now let's like m expand this out mm -hmm. what do you do to if someone's already a short story writer and they need to expand out into being a novel writer hmm. what happens like what goes on there you're going to describe more things yeah and also <laughs> just have more stuff happening and unfortunately oh, okay. she falls into the trap of the start of the story is very good yeah then 
the middle of the story is long and it's a short novel like it's not a long novel yeah but it's like if that middle section stuff happens but plot doesn't move forwards until like the last two chapters and then it's sort of like resolution and epilogue okay and there's a big section in the middle which yeah. doesn't work so i'm going to go through a little bits and pieces so it starts off and the section, let me just go to the Wikipedia page here because it's, uh, it says, first of all, it starts off with Semley's story. The novel begins with a prologue called Semley's Necklace, which um, uh, a one, young woman named Semley takes a space voyage from her unnamed, technologically primitive planet to a museum to reclaim a family heirloom. Anyway, this started, I'm listening to it and I'm like, I know this story. It's literally one of the short stories that was published, which was collected in the Unreal and the Real. Right. It's just added as a a starting story to this book. Yeah, but like when I was reading that, it mentions Rokanon. Rokanon is one of the characters that she meets is one of the anthropologists she meets at this museum which has got these trinkets and she's like i want my blue necklace back okay and so she goes there gets a blue necklace and then takes it back but because of like time dilation that like the 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 people like there's li- different um uh, hilfs high intelligence life forms which yeah. are like human intelligence level human-esque kind of things yeah and some of the hilfs on her planet were like look we can take you to you we can get we can get this back for you you she could come with us yeah but you know there's a heavy price to pay and she's like i'll just pay it and doesn't realize that the price is she's gonna come home and because of time dilation that's 16 years later yeah. and uh you know her husband has died mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, you know her mm-hmm. her ch- child has grown up and yes. looks just like you know that kind of, of course stuff. yeah 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 I immediately thought that would be the price to pay. Yes. Uh, due to relative, relativistic time dilation, while her trip will be shorter duration for her, many years will elapse on her planet. She returns to find her daughter grown up and her husband dead. Aww. Um So she paid a price. But that means that already, like, the, she, she wrote a short story yeah. up front yeah. and had the character already, the, the main character of this novel already yeah, yeah, very much a side kind of character ah, okay okay and then and then it was then extended from there not extended no. it then begins the next story which is rockanon's story which is okay. like the main part of the novel right so that that first bit is sort of like i don't know like one hour or less or something and then you get the six hour audiobook or four hour whatever it is you know like i i didn't look up the timing like how, the duration okay but, so my note my first note was like, hey, I've read this before. <laughs> <laughs> so then we started with Rakanon. Mm. And um, he, and so what we have then is, which today, something which today feels very dated, and even at the time is kind of a dated story. Yeah. Which is someone from one planet or one society goes to another planet and has to make their way across the planet. And, um, you know, and has adventures along the way. And it's very much like they're a science fiction person in a fantasy world. Okay. Which has been done many times before uh, and is called planetary romance. Okay. And that's what my brain was thinking this was. So I looked up here, going to Wikipedia, planetary romance is also known as sword and planet, is a subgenre of science fiction which the bulk of the actions consist of adventures on one or more exotic alien planets characterized by distinctive physical and cultural bad backgrounds. Okay. Um, so 
the idea being that you, it's not like science fictional stuff is happening on the planet. Yeah. It's like we're in a science fiction world, but now fantasy stuff is happening. And on the, the person that we're following along comes from the science fiction. Yes. And they're and reflecting on like ev- <laughs> on all the fantasy tropes around here as well. So I'm just looking at the covers on the Wikipedia page to that. Um, to yeah. that what was it called? Planet stories. Planetary romance. Yeah. And you have a guy with a pistol and the... Yeah, yeah. Because it goes back to Barsoom, Mars by Edgar Rice Burroughs. You know, right. Barsoom, you know, a princess of Mars. There was a Disney movie about it. Okay. And it's like, it, you know, he's some guy from, you know, the the West or something. Like some cowboy, miner, whatever. Yeah. And he gets taken to Mars. And because he is from Earth and, the you know, he's he's stronger there. Because everyone right. there is oh, like... Mar- yes, of you course. Know. So you get yeah. there and you use your super powers or whatever some some kind of superpower-ish kind of stuff yeah. to get by and this is very much jack vance um it says here much of the science fiction work of jack vance the big planet duo alstor durdane the planet of adventure demon princess uh, no demon princes as well um also magipur which by robert silverberg oh, you know yeah. i was talking no, about, that. about that before. again that's not someone from outside but it's someone who is there and it's like okay you've got to make your way across here and you're gonna have adventures like many discreet adventures adventures on the way yeah um and others arrakis by june it's i wouldn't call that a planetary romance but but it is it does have that kind of thing so we're in a science fiction place but then we'll have these um fantasy tropes Mm -hmm. of like mind control mind reading you know mild superpowers telekinesis kind of stuff and there is that is there in dune although i wouldn't call dune a uh, planetary romance it's more of like a, a planet bound space opera because there's stuff happening on other planets you know right um and it's a bit more science fictional and there it says it right here the hainish cycle by ursula kayla Gwynn. right now while she does some really interesting stuff with this idea of planetary romance like you mm. go somewhere you have an adventure and you've got to get to a to b and there's adventures happens along the way mm-hmm. that's just i know it's weird to say this but it's just done way way better in all of the other and all of these other novels except actually this uh this second one here uh, no sorry the third book city of illusions mm-hmm. and that was a similar kind of thing someone gets down there and they've you know in a place they've lost their memories and they've got to get across here to do something and these two books Rakanan's World and City of Illusions are the weakest forms of this where it is it's so dated yeah. like it's 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 like okay we might as well just be reading Jack Vance or we might as well be reading Barsoom or okay. you know Edgar Rice Burroughs so do you think that she was influenced oh, yeah, by totally. these others like they, they came before and she read this and like the, she had the you know she, yeah. she had the exposure to these previous ones and then started out with this kind of stuff yeah it's literally someone who is going right okay i want to do tolkien because tolkien's really current you know this yeah. is 1966 yeah so when did lord of the rings come out you know early 662 know. i'm now gonna look it up okay look it lord up lord of the rings novels came out in uh oh 1954 so, I, so I they, bit, were, they were yeah, there they were around okay established. so yeah, yeah i was getting mixed up with anyway so the 60s it's it's peak tolkien time 50s yeah. 60s um and she's like well i want to do that so in this book it's sort of like oh we've got the we've got the trolls and the uh, like, like more huh. like uh you know viking icelandic kind of things and then we've got like the the tall willowy people right. okay they're the the elves and we've got the most humanish ones and we've got these like hobbity ones and right. tall ones and short you know of and, these different things these different uh hilfs so it's like layering um science fictional origin stories mm-hmm. onto fantasy mm-hmm. tropish mm-hmm. uh r- different styles of human races or right. like intelligent humanoid bipedal 
human humanish races <laughs> and uh, and so Rokanan uh, is he is he like experiencing the the adventures in the different within the different people or is yeah. he gathering like a, a like a group of people you uh, know yeah, like the... he gets some companions along the right, way but yeah. generally all of these stories I'm and I'm talking like every single one of them okay so you arrive somewhere yeah something happens and you lose your technology oh right again always happens <laughs> now you've got to get from A to B like you've got to cross an entire continent some and probably there's going to be a sea adventure or a boat adventure <laughs> along the way yeah at one point you're going to be in the middle of a battle and you're going to escape and lots of people die around you another point you're going to get captured and you've got to escape yeah another point someone is with you and they're going to get tortured but you've got to escape you're going to be put into a place they're going to be put in a prison you're going to, and it's all of these different kind of set there's going to be a chase there's going to be you're probably going to go up a mountain through and through the mines of moria out there not Mario, but you know what i mean like yeah. all of these different kind of things happen yeah. I'm not saying all of them happen in every book but like enough of them happen in these things where you go all right so mostly what's happening is an adventure, but the adventure, you move forward, but you're not like the plot isn't going forward, but you're moving towards your destination. Yes. Okay. Now I understand what you mean with the filling of the, the action, like there's, there's stuff happening so let me put it this way. You can have different kinds of books. You can have books that are very static where people then have conversations yeah. or something is like described over and over. Right. Like yeah. that person went from here to there explaining stuff. But you can have the same kind of filler effect by somebody actually having adventure experiences but they just like... Yeah, it's just an adventure and then the next bit yeah. and then the next <laughs> bit and then a bit more. Now, okay, yeah. the best versions of these... Yeah like Ursula K. Le Guin's other stories, you know, <laughs> yeah. and yeah. like these uh, like these other more kind of like more modern tellings of it. You, like Majipur, like by Robert Silverberg, mm. why Majipur uh, and Lord Valentine's Castles works really well is because the stories, the adventures along the way develop the character <clears throat> right. further. Mm. So when they get to the end, they're a different person than they were at the start. They grow as a person, yes. like what Lord Valentine. Ah, okay. Like he starts off, he's lost his memory and he gets in, learns to juggle, you know, hangs out with the common people, <laughs> discovers stuff like crossing an entire two, three continents, meets all the important people along the way, meets the shapeshifters. And then when he gets there, you're like, oh, right, yeah, that's why, the, the, you know, if you get to the end, this person should become the king of the world. Right. And, uh, oh, it's okay. It's good that they become the king of the world because, you know, they... Because all the adventures, they have ex they've they, grown as a person yeah 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 they they changed their, like not change but they informed their personality yeah. yeah and that's fine yeah the way that you can talk about this in in terms of the, like the new wave of science fiction mm -hmm. which was like this 60s 70s idea of yeah. instead of just having spaceship adventures laser guns bang bang you know all that kind of zoom 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 like swords and planetary stuff what you do is then you actually turn all of that into like you then you turn you get the interiority like the internalness like the actual character growth mm -hmm. of the of the of the main characters it's not they're not just a vessel yeah. for you to experience adventure and planetary adventure yes planetary okay. romance with yeah they it becomes like about the internal journey of the the person of of the the you know of the person like the yeah. of the main character yeah and it's not just the person as they are going through different things have different things happening to them and they go through it because they are like they are 
Yeah. But they, the the things that happen to them is informing and changing. Yeah, it's how informing they, and changing yeah, them, yeah, and they yeah. grow up. And yes. and it's about then. It's so it's much more about the the human condition yeah. rather than the adventure, the experience of adventure. Yes. Okay. Um, I got that. You know, yeah. like early James Bond, James Bond's no character development. He yeah. starts off. He's a womanizing guy with a gun. <laughs> he's, and at the he's end, you're James like, Bond. But this more recent James Bond, yeah. the the. the uh, the, Daniel Craig, the one. Daniel yeah. Daniel Craig version. Mm. He's got like he he has an interior. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He experiences emotions and changes mm-hmm. as a person as he goes through, and like previous things affect him in a way. And that's why I think that like it's difficult to just pigeonhole pigeonhole all of these 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 things. Are sort of like oh yeah, Dune is a planetary adventure. It's like yeah, no, but it's not because again, it's a lot more inward looking into all of the different characters that have yeah. internal lives and stuff. So yeah. again, I don't want I don't want to say that's the only thing that new wave is doing but that's the kind of thing that is missing from Rakanan's world okay it is there a bit but it's very much more Ursula K. Le Guin whose parents were you know ethnologists or anthropologists Anthropologists, yes she's like oh he's going to be an anthropologist or an ethnologist and he's going to go then learn this about this people but he doesn't really he it's just uh, it's just an excuse to like meet elf people and then meet (laughs) dwarf people and then meet you know you know human more hobbity people and small people and tall people oh and there's also flying around on uh these flying cats whatever like cats with wings maybe i'm just thinking cats because the front cover of the book of the audiobook that i was listening to Um, okay like but a, that sounds more like, like Wizard of Oz kind of things. Yeah, but it does. I mean, but they have this in all of these things. <laughs> yeah. All these planetary adventures, like, oh, you want to get where? Okay, we're going to go on the back of flying locusts, and they're yes. going to be, or, you know, uh, airships like they have in Barsoom um, in the Princess of Mars. You know, there's yeah. always flying machines there. Yeah. Um, so there's good stuff. So, um, yes. Uh, so when I came to make these notes, I kind of remembered the start of the book, and I remember the end of the book. Okay. But then the whole section in the middle, I was like, generic planetary romance adventure stuff. Okay. Literally, as it was going on, I was like, oh, he's going to get captured and then he's going to escape. And then like, he gets captured and by the end of the chapter, he escapes and then he's just moving further on. And I was like, oh. But he, he, does, he does find the bracelet, you know, the, 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 the thing from Semlis' story, the, the necklace, the yeah. blue necklace. That's oh, it. so it wasn't, it wasn't where she, where like, wait a second. Okay, so- I'm not going to go into, the plot doesn't matter. But okay. what happens is he put a, like, wait, like, uh, century, a century in the past for the people there, but again, with time dilation, he's not aged as much as the others. Yeah. He put a thing on it say, look, we can't exploit this world because there's so many cultures there. Mm-hmm. We want to keep the culture. So mm-hmm. he says, "Don't, I'm an ethnologist. We're not going to land here. But when he arrives there, there's some kind of uh, the enemy evil empire from the Hainish whatever. Yeah. I can't remember what it's called. Doesn't matter. He fi- he discovers there's already a base there. There's well, already they a military. They didn't care. <laughs> yeah. There's yeah. already an enemy base. So what yeah. he wants to do is get to the enemy base and call home and mm-hmm. tell people about it and say, look, don't come here. Or if you do come here, mm-hmm. come here with a military force because this needs wiping out. So he does that all the way through. Right. Um, and then at the end, years later, it's called Rakanan's World, but he dies before he knows that it's been named Rakanan's World. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, so it's called. like naming a, a street after you is like instead they named the the whole planet. Oh yeah, after because him. it's because he was the main guy there. Like he went and affected he. So the whole point of this book and this is right. the clever. This is the thing. Uh, when it actually gets to the oh, end part, I was like, nice. oh, this is actually really clever. I was yeah. like, why did we have all this boring uh, planetary most <laughs> getting up to the like the clever bit at the end with the idea being that he is now the legendary figure of all of these different. Like he's passed through all these different cultures. Yes, and he is now like a, a, a legendary legend figure in each one of the cultures that he passed through yeah uh even though his oh first, this is my reading again it's not in, entirely clear so his yes. first approach was 
not to interrupt anything and not to be involved. Yeah, he was like, I'm putting a block on this. Yeah. But then, of course, he turned, yeah. he becomes native and he does the whole, you know, whatever the thing is. Yeah. Like he becomes the honorary uh, uh, part of this, yeah. of all the societies saving their yeah. world. And uh, gets the girl in the end. He, he, oh, there's a girl. He gets the print. Yeah, I mean, just doesn't that much stuff. Anyway, so fun <laughs> stuff. It's it's not good. It is though interesting to read. Yeah, because it has different you know science fictiony ideas which have gone on to be quite influential. Mm -hmm. Like not just within. I mean, the idea of these like a, a, a like spreading like humans spread out throughout the world, but uh, like. Uh, adjust their physiology to fit into different planets. Mm -hmm. I really like, and that's been done maybe before this, but again, it's like, this is a very clear early example of it. It did, it does seem to start off with being, hey, can I do Tolkien variety of, uh, you know, fantasy, like different fantasy races, yeah. but let have a science fictional explanation for it. So, yeah. it, so in a way it feels clever, but in another way it's kind of, it feels a bit derivative. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, yes. There's this thing called the impermasuit, which I made a note of, which is... Impermasuit. Yeah. And so it's it's like a um, a thing that you put on and it keeps you warm. And like it, an environmental suit. Environment, but it's it's only thin, very, very thin and covers your whole body. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's actually pretty cool. And then I was like, yeah, Ian and Banks does it much better. Like he also has this idea, the suits that they have in the yeah. culture. It's very much like a forerunner of one of those. Um, another thing this is, uh, which I liked about this is the idea that you can have a, a worldwide, um, not worldwide, like a galaxy spanning group of worlds, mm -hmm. um, which can all talk to each other in real time. Mm -hmm. um, so information and spaceships can travel faster than the speed of light or at the speed of light or uh, instantaneously information can travel instantaneously okay ships can travel instantaneously right but humans can't if humans if anything alive goes through oh okay you, you disintegrate yeah you disintegrate <laughs> you mad die whatever whatever happened i can't remember exactly what it is so right. humans inanimate objects yeah or... inanimate objects and information can yeah. travel uh, instantaneously yeah humans have to travel slower than the speed of light but they can get very close to the speed of light so they have time dilation yes so it always takes exactly the number of years as light years between the place but they don't experience that time passing but the, the everybody else does they left behind yeah 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 yeah. so okay. if you travel between stars yeah you, you get back it could be like you know 800 years have passed but you don't like depending on how far or a dozen years or 16 years or 20 years or whatever it is yeah but other things can travel instantaneously in information so i really like the like this duality of like humans can't travel but information can mm -hmm. and it's played very well here okay that it's a, if you want to visit somewhere it's a big sacrifice but you yeah. can send something there yeah or not yeah or get in contact Yes. Yes. So you can, but that makes war very strange because you can send missiles instantaneously. But if you want to conquer someone, you can't. Like it's difficult to conquer somewhere. But yes. It is, you know. Without big planning ahead and yeah. sending people up uh, decades in advance. Yeah. So uh, right. also yeah. this book is in this theme is the first mention of Ansible. And Ansible is uh, the... Um, 
the name device, the word Ansible first appeared in the 1966 Ursula K. Le Guin by Ursula K. Le Guin. Oh, Rick World. It doesn't actually say here, but it, oh yeah, here it is. Um, she coined the word Ansible for her 1966 novel, Rick World. It was a contraction of answerable as the device ah. would allow its users to receive answers to their messages in a reasonable amount of time, even over interstellar distances. Right. Um, and uh, yeah, so it's a it's an interesting idea. Now, Ansible has been gone on to it's gone on to like be even be used in other people's books. In Ender's Game, they say, "Oh, here's an Ansible." It's not what it's called, but like someone found the reference in an old book, and that's what we call it now. To pretty much say, right, we know what Ansibles <laughs> are. Okay, we we don't need to we don't need to use this idea anymore. Mm-hmm. It's like you have a particle here. That's you. If you wiggle this particle here, the other particle wiggles at the same. It doesn't matter how far away you part. If you wiggle each one of them, they do something we, happens. Yeah, we know that it doesn't actually work at all. But let's yeah. just let's just say it does. Yeah. Um. So, so she came up with that she, in this book. She well she. she, she, she put a name to the idea right. that clarifies and once you have a name that's put on something yes you you have a you suddenly have a way to uh like talk about to use it, it yeah. to use it yeah. in a way that you don't have to like if someone says time machine people are like oh a machine that lets you travel through time and you yeah. know you don't need to you don't need to explain it all it's like so what happens is you're not here anymore and you're in the other place and you've traveled there but like you know when you blur something when it travels through space you also blur through time so you're 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 th- you're on through that whole time but you're spread out so you like you're not in the intervening time but you are in the intervening so you know that kind of stuff but you yeah. don't need to explain all that you just say oh i use a time machine and the people are like oh, okay, time machine right. yes i used a you know a spaceship you're like okay spaceship it's like a ship on on the water but instead of in the water it's on it's in there it's it, and it has to be contained you know it's got to it's got to have a hard shell around it yeah so and suddenly you're like okay you don't need to explain it you just say spaceship and you're like oh, okay and ansible is that same kind of thing yeah we can communicate instantaneously over long distances but we don't need to explain it all we yeah. can just call we can use ansible okay and if it needs a clarification it's the ansible system which allows you to communicate over interstellar distances, instantaneous interstellar communication. Yeah. But that doesn't mean you can travel faster than the speed of light. It just means information can get there. Yes. And it says here, uh, Orson Scott Card used it. Um, in Neil Asher, in his Polity series, it's called the Runcible. Um, <laughs> instead of the Ansible. Do you know what Runcible is come from? No. The owl and the pussycat. What? The owl and the pussycat went to the moon and the... No. Any something with a runcible spoon. Anyway, there's a runcible spoon. It's a nonsense word. Yeah, but sounds very much like it. Sounds that. a bit like ansible. And yes. so uh, Neil Asher decided to call his ansible. Or oh, well, it's more of a wormhole system, but he calls it the runcible system. Okay. And uh, and there's an entire novel which is a play on the um, capturing the moon with a runcible spoon. What is it? Um, they uh, they dined on mints and slices of quince, which they ate with a runcible spoon. It's from the owl and the pussycat. What is that? The owl and the pussycat. What what is it? It's a nursery rhyme. Oh, it's like a poem. Oh, it's a nonsense okay. poem. A nonsense poem. Yeah. For children to just say words. Or yeah, what? yeah. The owl and the pussycat went to sea on a beautiful pea green boat. They ate some mints and slices of quince, which they ate with a runcible. I don't remember it. 
But it's okay, a poem. I thought it would literally be there on the Wikipedia page. Why isn't it not like written Bec- out? No, because that's not what. Uh, uh, let's quickly let's look at the Poetry Foundation. The owl and the pussycat went to sea on a beautiful pea green boat. They took some honey and plenty of money wrapped up in a five pound note. The owl looked up <laughs> to the stars above and sang to a small guitar. Oh, pu- oh, lovely pussy! Oh, pussy, my love! What a beautiful pussy you are! You are what a beautiful pussy you are. Okay. So. That's uh, and they they get married. So, um, dear pig, are you willing to sell for one shilling your ring? Said the pilly, piggy, I will. So they took it away and were married next day by the turkey who lived on the hill. They dined on <laughs> mince and slices of quince, which they ate with a runcible spoon. And hand in hand on the edge of the sands, they danced by the light of the moon. The moon, they danced by the light of the moon. Right. So it's it's. Do uh, we know where that's coming from? Or is it just like a folk? Edward Lear. It's like this is like classic British. Edward Lear. Okay, never heard of any of either. It was uh, published in 1870 in the American magazine Our Young Folks. Oh, so not British at all. Anyway, I'm just saying that <laughs> as a British, um, uh, as a British uh, kid, this is what I grew up. This is the kind of poetry I grew mm-hmm. up on. Right, that is very funny. Um, never heard of that. Well, there you go. Okay. So anyway, one, something all of again. this is to say yes. is that there's literally an entire novel by Neil Asher where the where the um the, the, the ansible is the runcible. The runcible, but they also <laughs> call the part of the runcible which you actually start with the thing, yeah. which is um uh, the, the spoon of the runcible. Yes. So it's a play on this, and at okay. the end, they I think he picks up a he picks up a moon with the runcible spoon, and I'm like, really? <laughs> An entire novel built on <laughs> on this fucking nursery rhyme? Owl and the Pussycat? Is that what we're doing? That is very funny. Okay. Uh, yes. Oh, this is oh, it's a spoon with a fork. It's a spork. No. What it's just it's a nonsense word. Someone just made up a word. Oh, okay. It's a perfectly cromulent word. If you say a runcible spoon, everyone knows what it means. Um okay. so yes, there's other there's he also wears a runcible hat, there's a runcible cat, a runcible goose, a runcible wall, and the rural runcible raven. Um <laughs> But you but it never says what what, what runcible it, means. It is, yeah. It's it's, it's, it's just a word that plays with how it sounds and what it does. You want something that flows in yeah, a poem and yeah. you're like, ah, oh, what's a, what's a three-syllable uh, three word that I can... Anyway, Runcible. Ansible, runcible. Yeah, um, okay. I like it. Okay, I like it too. First, it's fun. So there you go. I've read the first... So as a, as a historical curiosity, Ursula yeah. K. Le Guin's first ever novel, mm-hmm. first mention of... Um, of the Ansible mm-hmm. uh, interesting like way into the Hainish cycle first Hainish cycle first Ansible first novel by uh, Ursula K. Le Guin yeah I'm like yeah kind of worth reading yeah but not again it's it not on an intellectual perspective it feels dated and she hasn't worked out what a novel is for yet yeah and I know that's weird to say about like one of the greatest 20th century science fiction writers yeah but it's really true like it's really clear like ah she's 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 onto something here yeah but this isn't it yet yeah i guess you could basically cut it down to a short story it with like is all a short, the, i mean with the first all the, like, the is... clever bits at the end no and, well no and I leave don't, out the stuff no, in I the don't middle think, no because here's the thing if she'd have done that it wouldn't be a novel and it wouldn't be her first novel and yes that's the point. Yeah, of course it's like when you write your first novel what are you going to write about like you go oh i've got this idea for a story i've got this idea for a story but yeah. then you've actually got to like what are you going to do pad it out into a long thing mm. or are you going to do a deeper exploration yeah and it feels like she starts off with a deeper exploration pads out a lot and then finishes off with her slightly deeper explanation yeah 
and what she's done with her other ones is sort of like, all right, we're going to start out. We're going to have deeper exploration, exploration, more, more of that, more yeah, of that, more of that, more development, more character, character development, more political stuff, rather than just sort of like oh, elves and dwarves. It's more like what is, what are the, who are the people, and what are they as. Like, is what do they want politically? What do they want societally? What do they want anthropology? Because yeah. there is, that depth isn't here yeah. in this novel. Yeah. Okay. And all the stuff which were, you know, like in all the short stories, which were like, this is a anthropologist report from this place. This people do this. And I'm like, okay, so you've got an anthropology report. You've got some also really good short stories. Yes. How do you combine them together so it feels like we're doing science fiction anthropology as proper novel? Yes. And she gets there with the left end of darkness. She gets there with um uh, the dispossessed. with the dispossessed. She yeah. kind of gets there with um the uh not the elder race which the the, um, yeah, yeah, the, the plan of exile. Yes. It's a, there's a little that, bit there, but that's not that's kind of planetary adventure but slightly different. Yes. Um I very, I, I actually opened the episode list here as well. Uh, let's have a look at some of these other ones. Left Hand of Darkness, I gave 4.5 stars. Yeah. The Dispossessed, three and a half stars. Yeah. The Lathe of Heaven, which is not this, that's more like cyberpunkish kind of stuff, 3.5 stars. Planet of Exile, 4.25 stars. Yeah. The Unreal and the Real, which is the short story collection, I gave four stars to. And these, unfortunately, City and Illusions, and this one, Rakanen's World, two and a half stars. Yeah. Because she, she didn't quite... Both of these are like a man who needs to get from one place to the other. And there's story at the beginning, and that story is paid off at the end. What do we do along the way? <laughs> what does a man do? And it's like, what does a man do? A man <laughs> discovers a sexy lady. A man gets caught and then fa- managed to escape. A man, and I'm like, yeah, like sure, but <laughs> Edgar Rice Burroughs was doing this in 1905 or whenever he wrote Barsoom. <laughs> yeah, I've closed the uh, the other pages of Wikipedia, so I can't look it up again. But um, yes. Uh, not I wouldn't say bad I would just and not even disappointing because like I went into this like again on Goodreads this has got 3.78 stars okay so on the lower end of the uh, spectrum yeah but Planet of Exile is lower you know those are all under 4 stars and then Left Under Darkness and um, The Dispossessed are like 4.2 mm-hmm. or 4 point whatever so yeah it's not just me so anyway I looked I w- went to check it out here the, uh, g- friends reviews on goodies I'm just going to point the microphone oh hopefully that wasn't too loud for everyone um, so Amanda these are 40 there's 40 reviews and or whatever from friends and mm-hmm. following here um uh, Amanda, captivating. I couldn't put it down. Eric Franz Lina Guzman rated it four stars. Unfortunately, Andre Fodstad rated it one star. Oh, okay. Uh, I listened to this one as an audiobook. The narrator did an excellent job. Um, but uh, I, hadn't, I realized I hadn't actually read this. Unfortunately, Rakanen's anthro ethnological perspective makes him seem like someone with no training whatsoever in the field. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's kind of it. He's like meant to be like this, you know. Uh, he, he can name a world or name a world after him. But in the end, it's, it's not because he's good at his job or is a good at what thing. You know, it's like he is, uh, he's very much a, um, like an accident. The Theoretical na- expert? Theoret- no, put it this way. Theoretically, he's an expert. Okay. Really, he but in is practice. A, really, he's a John Carter of Mars. He just happens to be the person going on this. Thing. <laughs> okay. uh, Mario Reja, uh, four stars. Jeff Copen rated it three stars. Um, 
Margaret three stars and Zivin rate it, rated it two stars. Perhaps if, if this was as short as Planet of Exile, I would have enjoyed it more. Too long and the Viking-like warriors weren't very convincing. So, <laughs> oh well. Okay, okay, it happens. Yeah, and community reviews, there's a few four stars, but lots of three stars. Three, yeah. Uh, it, it, unfortunately, I don't, I don't think this stands up to the test of time. Mm. And also it doesn't stand up to what other um later yes i'll put it this way it doesn't stand up to earlier short fiction by ursula k Le Guin, mm-hmm. and it doesn't stand up to later novel length fiction by ursula k Le Guin. yeah but i'm guessing and now this is just me putting some thoughts behind this is her first novel after yeah. short stories without this book the other ones like the left hand of darkness wouldn't have exists in the same way. So you have like yeah, that's what I'm you, you have to start somewhere. You can't just do say oh, uh, and it's out the long boring bits. It's like no, yeah. that ha- she like this is le- this is learning, learning along the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So it's it's, a- it's it's fun to read a novel like this in the yeah. context of yeah. all her other works. Maybe if you've never read Magipore, if you've never read Jack Vance, if you've never read, you know... Me, like me, I don't... Maybe you would find somebody being captured and escaping, like, this is amazing, I've never read anything like it. But if you've just read lots of people being captured and escaping many times before, you're like, okay, you need to do something, you need to, whatever that next step is, it has to be happening here during this part of the novel. I can't just be remembering why I'm reading this from the beginning Mm -hmm. and then it paying off at the end like the experience of actually reading that part of the novel also has to be good yes and unfortunately it's only been reflecting back on it at the end where you're like well i guess he had to meet those people and i guess he had to meet yeah, yeah. i guess that had to happen but like uh, the journey has to be interesting yeah and have reason to exist rather than just we need him to be captured and escape one more time again i'm just using that as a standard <laughs> for all of the other stuff that happens yes okay yeah that's it Cool. That's all I've got to say. Okay, so two and a half stars. I'm going to give it two and a half stars. Cool. Uh, in other words... Are you going to continue with more uh, of her... No, that's it. I've finished that's... all of the... Well, there is actually <laughs> one more like main story, which is called The Word for World is Forest. And it's a, it's like it's not a short story. It's more of a, like a novella style, like 160 pages. Okay. Um, so I will... Uh, why is that in... Why am I looking at the Spanish version? Anyway, Hainish Cycle <laughs> number five is the only one that I haven't read and reviewed here. Okay. Um, on the Science Fiction Book Review podcast. So maybe I will get to that if I see it around or if I find it or whatever. Yeah. Um, did I mention Stefan Rudnicki was the audiobook narrator? I was just about to ask how was the audiobook narration? Fine. Stefan Rudnicki could... knows how to read a story. Yeah. No complaints. Okay. Okay. So let's wrap that up there then. Nice. You can... Oh, the next episode... Yes. ...is going to be... Uh, well, because I've been waiting to do this podcast yeah. and I haven't been wanting to get too much into any other science fiction novel, I've been reading some non-science fiction, uh, Moby Dick, even though a year ago or two years ago I said, I'm never going to read this yes. novel. I was like, I wanted to find something which wasn't science fiction. And I was like, all right, let's get to it. Let's let's start it. It was there for free in the uh, in the, uh, uh, the library, library app. app. Yeah, yeah, I guess it's in the library yeah. app. And so I started that. And halfway through, I had to post on on uh, Goodreads. I'm half of the way through. I really enjoyed the start of it, mm-hmm. but it's super dragging in the middle and I'm not enjoying it. <laughs> Convince me to finish. And and someone said, uh, maybe maybe not if it's not if it's not vibing with you. And I was like, the start was vibing with me. Yeah. But they also said, and when you get to any, like maybe skip the parts where he's talking about outdated um, whale physiology and oh. stuff like that. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yeah. okay. So 
I might get through to the end of Moby Dip. You're Dip. still at it. Well, I mean, it's a, it's a good book to fall asleep to. Let me put it that oh, okay. way. <laughs> so I might get to it just by now if a chapter begins and there's no character development mm. and there's no story development. And it's literally just someone saying, I have very strong opinions on whaling technique or I've got very strong opinions on, you know, how this part of this very specific boat should work. I'm just like, maybe I can skip those bits. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Here is how to skin a whale. I'm like, hmm, this is just making me feel uncomfortable. Anyway, I'm not going to do a podcast about it. But I might finish it. Okay. Um, unless people really, really want me to do an SFBRP episode about Moby Dick, email me or put a message on Goodreads and I'll, uh, or message me on, um, uh, what am I on? Instagram. No, not really Instagram. Either way, message me at luke at juggler.net. Email me or message me or, or oh, yeah, goodreads.com. Goodreads, yeah. SFBRP, good, uh, SFBRP um, listener group on Goodreads. Go to the episode feedback there and say, Yes, I want an episode where Luke uh, critiques Moby Dick. Oh, um, my God. I'm not sure. Well, I want to. <laughs> it's OK. It's just a book. There's nothing special about it. It's just a book. Just review it like a book. And if I review it like a book, I can just review it. You know, that's like, OK. No, like with the Odyssey, people always review it as an epic and stuff. And I reviewed it as what it obviously is, which a is comedy. a dumb comedy. Yeah. You know, and if I okay. just if I just if you just review the book as what the book is, yeah, rather okay. than all the expectations around it and just just review what's there on the page, you can have a good conversation about it. OK. I mean. The Odyssey and uh, Moby Dick. Uh, let's see. Let's say some bit far apart from each other. No, both no. sea adventures. Oh, sea. Oh, right. Okay. Yes. Herman Melville is like, like, oh, I'm gonna do an Odyssey. I'm like, fucking get to the. What the good about the Odyssey is that it's funny and fun, and the beginning of your book was funny and fun, and now you're being like. And now a list of white things in mythology. I'm like, I'm listening to a 25 minute chapter on white things in mythology. Uh, so tedious. Yeah. The middle of the book. Anyway, okay. I might get to the end. The other book that I'm reading is one which was, um, uh, I'm listening to, sorry, very specifically, I'm listening to this yeah. audiobook, uh, which is a, the Audible Virtual Voice Technology, which is an AI read book. Yes. Which I, I pointed out to you that that's going to come and that, yeah. that you should have so a... I'm, I'm checking it out. Yeah. Uh, the what book that is that I'm reading not that important I might not even get to the end of it because <laughs> okay. it's, the book isn't very good yeah. but I might do that episode well that'll be the next science fiction book that I review okay um, halfway through that and right. it is very interesting so oh, good uh, some good uh, ideas and uh, observations I about have, the topic I have opinions good maybe let's... not the opinions that people want but it's it's interesting to live in a science fiction world let's keep it for that right that's it yeah follow me on Goodreads become my friend on Goodreads. Also follow me on Instagram at, at Luke Burge there and email me Luke at juggler.net. Anything else you want to say? Uh no, I'm also reading a book at oh, the yeah, moment. Yeah, yeah. The next book after that. <laughs> da 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 Alistair Reynolds. Yeah. The the third book in the pre the, uh, agent no prefect no, prefect Dreyfus. Prefect Dreyfus um series, which was the uh the, Machine Vendetta. Yeah, Machine called. Vendetta is called, yeah. It's quite telling. Elysium Fire and whatever the other names. No, the first one was just called the Prefects, but now they've been renamed. Yeah, like have yeah. like more appealing names, like more science fiction names. Also more more cohesive. Like yeah, you yeah, can yeah. tell by the name that they they are one like yeah context. So yeah, it's it's like it's like the name becomes just like the uh, you know like Game of Thrones. The series is that or the book series is actually called the. Uh, 
was it Song of Ice and Fire? And Game right. of Thrones was just the title of the first book. Oh, oh okay. But now it's not. I'm sure yeah. if you go into a bookshop now, it's like Game of Thrones 1, Game <laughs> of Thrones 2, Game <laughs> yeah. of Thrones, you know, like, like maybe, yeah. I'm not sure, but it's probably for publishing reasons been swapped around because Game of Thrones is just so much of a better so- uh, title than Song of Ice and Fire. Yes. Right, that's it from me. Thanks a lot for listening and we'll catch you next time. Goodbye.